0: Okay, so this is literally the first ever time that the One Together podcast is coming to you live. So, I mean, I guess we have to start by saying Jingari or hello, which um, Jingari is the welcome for Yugambeh speaking people. It is, yes. Yeah, nailed it. Good job. Um, (laughs) uh, As you know, it is Reconciliation Week, um, which is all about bringing the two cultures together here in Australia. Um, And so we thought we'd do a special edition of the One Together podcast today. So we're coming to you live on Facebook and then this will also be added to the website as normal later today. I am your host, Heather Maltman, and um, you would know that I'm awesome (laughs) Um, (laughs) if I don't say so myself. Um, Now, uh, if you are just joining us, this is the podcast that is all about making us one consciousness by sharing our past stories in the hopes of learning and moving forward fearlessly. So what better cause for us to get behind than Reconciliation Week? Now, before I introduce our guest that we have with us today, who will help shed some light on this very important story, um, I just wanna advise that the following podcast respectfully acknowledges that it may contain images, voices, and videos of indigenous peoples alive or deceased. It may also contain strong references to mental health, alcohol, and due to the use of us recording live, there could be a myriad of other topics as well as some course language because Billy and I suck at self-censoring. <laughs> History would tell. Yeah. <laughs> it's how we deal with life. So look, if um, you are feeling a little bit concerned at any point during this recording, please contact Lifeline on 13 11 14 or your trusted medical professional. I know I have mine. <laughs> so. Let's do a really wonderful welcome to country, which I really appreciate, Billy, you've actually helped me with this one. It's my favourite one. Um, Today we are at the Jelligal Aboriginal Cultural Centre on the Gold Coast, which sits within the Yugambeh-speaking people's boundaries. Their boundaries stretched all the way from the Coomera River to the north and the Tweed River to the south, and also encompassed some westerly hinterland ranges, including Mount Tambourine and Bow Desert. The Jelligal Aboriginal Cultural Centre was the first of its kind exclusive to the Gold Coast, offering on on country guided walks, Aboriginal dance performances, welcome to countries, and they also sell and showcase some local traditional art. I have to say, what I saw out there is yeah.
1: unreal. It's really, really good. How cool is the yes. skateboard? Lots of local art as well, yeah. which I think is, well, it's the first of its kind, and artists really don't get a really good opportunity like that. So, yeah, exactly. beautiful space out yeah. there. I know, it's amazing um so i'm here this
0: afternoon with billy musk who is my sg my sister girl my woman mm-hmm. um she is an aboriginal woman from within this area who has worked within the aboriginal community here on the gold coast for over 15 years mm-hmm. you freaking legend my age away <laughs> <laughs> Mm. Mm. Uh, Billy currently is working as an Indigenous consultant and helping to embed Indigenous perspectives into all levels of the schooling curriculum through tailored culturally inclusive programs and that is why you are the person that I wanted to hit up and help me talk about Reconciliation Week. So obviously please comment and share any information throughout the feed here on our Facebook live if you have anything you want to add Um, Billy and I were talking about it, you might even like have a different experience in your area, you know, um, because obviously every area in Australia has had a different experience Mm -hmm. when it comes to cultural genocide or um, the racism or exclusion, whatever it is, when it comes to Indigenous culture. So please feel free to share any slight differences that you may have experienced because we're not experts, we're just speaking from our perspective to try Mm -hmm. and help bring two cultures together. Exactly. So. Perfect. (sighs) Let's do, do you it. think I did well? We I did got really fantastic. nervous. fantastic.
1: Okay. Representing very well.
0: I hope so. I just want to do it justice, I guess. Yeah. Um, so, before I mention my story and why I'm so passionate about Reconciliation Week and Indigenous culture, I want you to share your perspective and why you're so passionate about it as an mm-hmm. Indigenous woman.
1: Uh, well, Reconciliation Week is a big one. It wasn't designed or requested by the Aboriginal community. I think it was adopted and potentially fostered by the government. Um, However, it'd be counterproductive in saying it's not necessary or needed because it is. The more conversation, the better, particularly if it brings about opportunities like this. But unless the broader community understand what reconciliation is, because it's not a blackfella thing, we don't need to reconcile anything, the broader community need to have an understanding and a true understanding of our colonial history. Not only this country's history pre-contact, point of contact, post-contact, but reconciliation is all about an understanding of our colonial history because we don't have those conversations. We don't Mm. talk about the genocide that took place in this country. We're happy to talk about genocide that happened in other countries. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, as Australians, we're so frightened to have that conversation. So for me, that's what Reconciliation Week is, to not be frightened to have those conversations as a parent with your children as a teacher with your students as a citizen with your friends you know every opportunity you get ask those questions and find out more so that's what this week means for me but today's Marbo Day as well so it is yes i know
0: which is why i was like we have to try and do this yes. one today because it's such a special special day yeah um for someone who maybe is not across what marbo is would you mind doing the honors of explaining absolutely because i mean i was i was talking to um is it Lex- Lexi? Lexi about Dr Neville Bonner who yes. is one of the main patrons from the Yugambeh speaking people he was a senator yep. which is amazing but a lot of people don't realize it like Gold Coast had a lot to do with
1: absolutely absolutely lots of families within this area have gone on to do fantastic things mm. or have done previously and there's not much recognition or awareness mm. about it and the contributions they've made. But Eddie Mabo was or is the godfather of land rights in Australia, mm-hmm. so much so that the work that he did is embedded all throughout the curriculum within Australia. I mean, I don't think we speak about it in the early learning space, but it's certainly something that people look at in law when they're studying law at university, land rights. Um, so he certainly paid the way for mm. land rights for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people.
0: Yeah, it was actually quite... It was a very long, drawn-out case, yeah, wasn't it? I think it was case one, years. case two. There's yes. quite a few, yeah, yeah, quite in a order few to, that went through the High Court. Yeah, to get the land rights back to yeah. the original people, um, which is still a fight that goes on today. It
1: it's is, and hectic. I think that's part of the fear. I think that you know the media has um, probably um, made it bigger than what it is. And that people think that Reconciliation or Mabo Day or whatever day we celebrate throughout the year always is linked back to land rights. And with that, it's going to have a dollar amount based on it. Um, so, and it's not. It's got nothing to do with that. So I think that's why everybody's so fearful in having the conversation. Mm. So,
0: Well, I guess the easiest way for us to kick it off would be um, to sort of mention that I love what you said about um, Reconciliation Week isn't necessarily for Indigenous peoples because you guys don't have anything to reconcile. Yeah, It really was created, I believe, more for white culture to learn yep. about how we exist today, how this land is even still here today. Mm-hmm. Because part of the reason why Australia is such an old piece of land is because it was so well protected and maintained and looked after. Yeah. By our indigenous heritage. Absolutely. And we've got to, I, I strongly believe that we've got to get back to that in order to heal what we've done to this land.
1: Mm-hmm. I yes. really worry about
0: that, especially with the mining and mm-hmm. the constant use of resources, yep. the way we farm the land, even. Yep. Like, there's much better ways of doing it so mm-hmm. that we don't overuse our resources. Definitely
1: agree. And I think we will get there. Um, but I think we'll be forced to get to that point that it won't happen so until we've got no other choice. Yeah, yeah. So. Until we've
0: sold literally all of our like mining resources to another country, and yeah. we're like, shit, we shouldn't mm, have done that. Yeah.
1: What would the Aboriginal people do here?
0: <laughs> I know, I'll <our> backburn. <laughs> Fucking hell. Um, <laughs> see, first F bomb for the day. Um, all
1: right, let's get um, it out of the way.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, it was a slip of the tongue. Just don't drop a C, and we'll be fine. Um, so, uh, how, what is your Family history, Billy, like where do you come from and how do you fit into the Yukon Bear people?
1: Uh, so, our family have been here for several generations. Um, my great-great-grandfather was actually brought over from the South Sea as part of Blackbirding. Really? Yes. I did even know that. Yes, yes. so we've got South Sea ancestry. We've actually got quite a lot of South Sea ancestry. Um, but my great-grandmother, my grandfather's mother, married an Aboriginal man. He was quite transient. So he was, um, you know, which the Aboriginal way to describe it is, he went walkabout quite a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he would be transient from central Queensland right down to Bunjalung Nation. Uh, and wow. his last name was Siganto. So we've had a similar story to what you're going through now, and that is connecting back to our culture and finding out exactly where we fit in. But due to the transient nature of Aboriginal people, you're never ever going to pinpoint exactly. Some people may be lucky enough to be able to, um, but to be able to find out exactly where you come from is quite a challenging process and you know we've been on that journey for quite a few years. So we can say we've got cultural connections to central Queensland, cultural connections to uh, northern New South Wales mm. and cultural connections to the Gold Coast. So our family's married into tr- traditional landowners on the Gold Coast. Mm. Um, so we've also got TO connections through marriage on the Gold Coast, yeah.
0: Wow. Yes. So technically, if I was ever to find out about my
1: um, heritage, you and I could potentially be related, like actual sisters. We actually probably are. My mum said, "Don't ever what? date an Aboriginal man because chances are you'll be married. Uh, you'll be related to him." So yes. I think Matt and I might have to break up. <laughs> <laughs> Shit.
0: Oh, he's a As long as we're like brother and sister, like tenth removed. Yes. Yeah, you'll be Might fine. Be right, I reckon. Yeah. What do you reckon, yeah? <laughs> i give it a crack. <laughs> Too late now anyway. Um, so I guess I should probably explain my history then now. So um, a number of years ago, I went on the hunt to find out why my mother's mental illness was so severe. And in doing that, I found out about all of her family up near Toowoomba area, yep. um, which I found out recently. Toowoomba means swamp. Well, that's a bit of fun. Well that makes sense. It does doesn't mm. it? Mm. Um, so all of my family on my mother's side is all up near Gatton, Laidley, sort of, that's central Brisbane isn't it? Like is that like in, oh geez, yeah. I know it's Murray
1: people I've been yeah. told that's Murray. Yeah yeah well all the Queensland, we're all Murray's if you're in Queensland. Oh, yep. okay. New South Wales, Curries.
0: Right okay that's where the Curry word comes from. Okay I'm trying to like, there's so much to learn, yes. it blows my mind. Oh, well,
1: there's 50,000 plus years worth of culture to learn. <laughs> as I always say, as an Aboriginal woman, I'll continue to learn how to be an Aboriginal woman till the day I die.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, well, it looks like I might be on the same path then. Yeah. So on my mother's side, my mother's father, um, I'm finding it hard to get information on his ancestry because mm-hmm. his ancestry is potentially Indigenous, but because he was, Um, had uh, alcoholism and was very abusive no one really talks about him so he's just like sort of pushed to the side Mm -hmm. Um, and then my great-great-great-grandmother she was born out of wedlock. Mm -hmm. Which would have been very taboo uh in those days. Correct. Mm -hmm. My fourth great-grandmother she was hanging out, (laughs) (laughs) a lovely young man who went away to war and died, right. that's the story. Mm-hmm. But I can't get any information on him at all. He's not on the birth certificate, yep. he, they were never married. Mm-hmm. So and are you thinking just... he
1: may have potentially been? Yeah. Well, um, the story goes, most of our uh, veterans had to deny their Aboriginal ancestry in order to be accepted into the armed forces to begin with. Right. So if you did search him from that perspective, I dare say that'd have no records in relation to him being Aboriginal or not. Because they weren't accepted if they said they were around the time of World War One and World War Two.
0: So do you know what's really frustrating is I just started launching a search into trying to find a name of a man from the Ladley Gatton area and all the guys that would have gone into the armed services in yes. those in that sort of time frame so I might
1: uh well you know you never know you might get you might find something but in relation to records um I can't imagine that the records kept would be that he identified as Aboriginal however his mates that he served with might know
0: yeah right yeah but then trying to find a mate that would actually be able to link it back and be comfortable talking and this is the other thing like yes no
1: one in my family side wants to talk about even the possibility they're like no no Well people did such a good job of covering it up for so many years Mm. why would they want to undo the hard work by you know telling the truth about it?
0: Yeah well the scary thing is um, Lexi was just explaining to me then that there was actually an organisation um, back then that would come around and check if anyone was either considered half-caste even a a full Indigenous um, so that they could uh, remove the child from that family Yeah. Um, and they would be raised in a in a white environment so that they could be civilized like raised as a civilized person Mm -hmm. which is why she reckons she was like well that could be part of the reason why your family covered it up for so long is because they knew that if they didn't the children would be removed from the home absolutely
1: absolutely and if they did I wouldn't exist today exactly I wouldn't even be here potentially so
0: that's why I
1: know So that's a tough one it's a tough one to try and come to terms with like it's obviously done with good intent and you understand why, um, but then trying to pick up the pieces afterwards become particularly difficult. Mm. And if you can't connect to your culture, uh, whether it's through lack of information available or turning your back on your culture, like a lot of our youth do, um, and I think it's an age thing, you know, even myself when I was a bit younger, I was like, oh yeah, I'm Aboriginal, that's great. Wasn't until I got a bit older that I realised how special that that was. Yeah. But if there's that continual denial of that culture, then there's it's a piece of you missing, mm. you know. So it's.
0: I sometimes wonder if the reason why there is such a harsh rejection from um, young Indigenous kids is because society has just pushed it upon. Us that it's bad to be Indigenous yep. or somehow it's weak or somehow it's trying to rot a system like yes, or oh, yeah. you just want the handouts or yep. you just want special attention or mm-hmm. whatever it is it's, yep. it becomes less about connecting to something really special like you were saying and more about some kind of handout yes. or a hand up which yeah for a young especially for a young man like the way young men are raised mm-hmm. can really be quite emasculating definitely
1: Absolutely. So I imagine
0: it would like really separate young mm-hmm. men from the indigenous culture, which
1: at the end of the day is
0: a form of cultural genocide. I it think. is.
1: Absolutely it is. And then you look at the role and effects from that and the suicide rate amongst young Aboriginal men. Um, you know, obviously there's reasons as to why that number is so high, particularly, particularly proportionately. When you look at the rest of the population, why mm. are our young men dying at such a larger rate? Mm. And all of those things have a hand in in it yeah
0: it was funny actually um and we will get back to that uh comment about the young men thinks I want to I want to delve into the whole racism uh debate and some of the comments that get made about um indigenous culture which we will we will get into in a sec um but like it's funny like I I I look at the way we are as a culture today and the fact that we're so divided and I'm like Mm. I wonder if We've done ourselves this massive disservice by separating from Indigenous culture. Mm. I, I wonder if, like, if white civilization had actually come here and integrated more with Indigenous culture, if we'd had a better yep. land value, yep. and if the world would be a much better place today because mm-hmm. of
1: it. Yep, absolutely. You, having had worked at this centre, the majority of the people who come through obviously we've got school kids, so education's a big which push. is why we've got so many like yes, young kids running in, around screaming. In the screaming. Right? Um, but international vid- visitors <laughs> yeah. and mm. their fascination with our culture—it's not, or well, very rarely, is it locals? Mm. Um, so we have people coming from overseas, so fascinated, intrigued, and in awe of Aboriginal mm. culture. Yeah, it really hasn't been picked up and adopted by the broader community as yet. Yeah. So you're right to the point that perhaps if there was that understanding, more mm. integration earlier, we'd find ourselves in different positions for sure.
0: Yeah, I was I was going to say actually, um, in primary school, I remember being taught that um, the settlers came yes. on the first fleet. Yes. And it wasn't until about ten years ago that I sat down with. Um, local elder in Sydney and he explained to me, he goes, what is a fleet? And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, what's a fleet? Like, what is that term? Where does that term derive from? And I was like, "Um, I don't know, it's uh, naval ships. And he goes, right, naval ships. What are naval ships? And I was like, holy shit, they're warships. And he goes, right. Yeah. So were they settlers? Yeah.
1: (laughs) Or were they warships? Exactly.
0: And I was like, oh yeah and my brain just exploded yeah. i realized like most of my young education around the days um in back in 18 was it 1866 or abouts. yeah or 86 1886 i think it was 86 or 66 oh jesus that's terrible i should know that
1: oh i don't know myself Or is it 17 oh god <laughs> I think it it was early. Was it 1766? Oh, Jesus. Oh, I don't know. Matt, can you look it up? It's on Google it. Phone a friend. I
0: know that technically 26th of January wasn't the actual arrival date into the cove. No, no. That was a date that they decided after three days of being on the shore. Mm. So there were three days on the shore before they picked that date. Can you look up the date that we first arrived in Australia? Because now I'm like freaking out. I can't remember. So what does that tell
1: us though? If everything we've been taught is incorrect, mm. then they were lying and hiding and covering up the truth from the beginning.
0: Yeah, which is really disappointing mm. and actually if you go back and you try to find any perspective on the first fleet and mm. how that all went down from Indigenous perspective, it's actually really hard to find mm. and there's only one documentary I've ever watched where they sort of went into some detail and interviewed some Indigenous historians, but they were their, their time on screen is so short mm. That you you don't really get their perspective yeah they describe what the indigenous people said about them on the boats mm-hmm. and um you know they talk about it from a perspective like months in advance like when the first you know when their interactions went from being semi-amicable to it starting right. to become a little bit yes. sort of distant yeah but that's about it and there was this um woman who was british i think and she described it like, she tried to say, oh, it was like the meeting of two um, children on a playground. They were interested in each other and they had fun together or something like that. And I said, they're going, get fucked. There is no way mm. that massive sh- like mm-hmm. warships are going to show up in that cove, and that's not frightening or confronting. Correct. For the people. Yeah. And they're just going to stand there and go, "You have an interesting belt on. <laughs> <laughs> what is that thing? Is that,
1: is that going to hurt me?
0: That yeah. big sharp sword attached yeah, to your that waist? shiny stabby thing? <laughs> like, get fucked. What um, What have you got there, Matt? Seventeen, 17 eighty-eight. Oh yeah. my God, that's so annoying. You're a century
1: later, but you were close. <laughs> Was I? <laughs> you said Jeez. eighty-eight. Jesus Christ. <sighs>
0: Oh, Oh, fucking hell. Um, So, I guess, like, if you look at all of that history now, what we've just sort of mentioned there, just very basic information that hasn't really been relayed accurately to Mm -hmm. us in school. Yep. And you look at the statistics of what you're talking about, especially with young Indigenous men, Mm -hmm. um, and slowly being, you know, taken away from their own culture or feeling like they have to remove themselves from the culture. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the racism side of things especially certain comments yeah. because I feel like there are some comments that I've heard even made to you in the time that we've been friends mm-hmm. um, that people love to make to me because they think it's safe because of the colour of my skin, Right. Uh, that I sit there and it just blows my mind so let's use some of these comments now to try and help white culture understand why they need to get behind Reconciliation Mm -hmm. Week and learn more about our Indigenous culture. Yeah. We said sorry.
1: Yes, get over it. Yeah, get over it,
0: we said sorry. Mm. How how can we help our white culture here in Australia understand that that is not enough Mm. Uh, from your perspective? The lead up
1: to the apology and the day of the apology was exciting, emotional, um, traumatic and promising for the future. However, it ended there. It stopped right there. And it was assumed that by saying sorry was okay. And I teach my children that unless you mean it and don't repeat the behaviour, then it means nothing. Save your breath. It actually is insulting and infuriating if you continue to apologise and then do the same thing again and again. God, I say that to people all the time. Yes, (laughs) yes, save it. Um, so, and look, I'm not saying that it's holistic or it's the entire country, because it's certainly not. Um, but if we are talking about those individual comments that, you know, probably get most attention on Facebook mm. around these times of year, especially around Australia Day... Yeah, um, which we will get to. Then, you know, it's... it's uh, it has to be a united front. However, it's going to take a long time. So, one person at a time mm. needs to understand that those comments are not okay. Yeah. that we said sorry, that should be enough, get over it. Yeah. Um, you need to know what you're saying sorry for.
0: Yeah. And you also need to know why that sorry is important and how, how to actually help make it, matter because mm-hmm. there's no point in just apologising and then going cool okay so we said sorry um, we've definitely put some schemes in place to actually help young indigenous people yeah um, so they've got money now yeah and um, some of them have housing okay cool uh, oh and um, even though women are still being raped and murdered in the Northern Territory and there's still a lot of p- police brutality and mm-hmm. I mean I think it was just three weeks ago a friend of mine was in Brisbane at a train station she is very much Indigenous, like she's got the very dark skin. She yep. was just standing there with her handbag yep. at the platform waiting for a train and police turned around and said that they wanted to check her bag. Mm. And she asked them why and they intimidated her and she was like, that's fine, just check my yep. bag, it's all good, gave mm-hmm. them the bag. Mm-hmm. And they emptied her bag out on the platform, yep. tipped it upside down and then went, okay, no worries, and gave her bag to her and mm-hmm. walked away. Mm-hmm. I can tell you in my 33 years on this earth, I have never had a police officer turn my bag upside down yep. on a train platform before. Yeah, there you go. Ever. Mm-hmm. And this happened to her three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So for you to say, Oh, we said sorry, move on, it doesn't alleviate the fact that there is still yes. racism in our culture today yep. around the difference in skin colour. Mm-hmm. She had her bag turned
1: over purely because of the colour of her skin. Exactly. And that is it. And yes. you cannot Yes. You cannot debate it. And massive assumptions that are made, whether it be by professionals in our community, whether that's law enforcement or whomever it is, or our neighbours, individuals, teachers, school friends. An assumption made because one person's done something that means that the rest of the culture are liable to repeat that behaviour. Yeah. Um, So trying to remove yourself from that stereotype is um, something you can't do. Again, Mm. it's not an aboriginal person's problem if somebody else thinks the way they think Mm -hmm. but it's one opinion at a time it's you know it's one change at a time it's one educated person at a time Mm -hmm. and that is how we are going to get there
0: well here's a good example for you actually of exactly that so um tragically there was the shooting that were in the mosques Mm -hmm. over in new zealand correct Mm -hmm. Um, and we found out obviously within days that the shooter was Australian Mm. and he came from a rural town. And we spoke to someone who actually lived in that town with him, knew of him in that area when I was working in radio. And she said, please don't judge everyone from that town based on that one person, we're not all like him and I heard a resounding amount of people saying, thank you, we don't want to be associated with him, mm-hmm. and it was just automatically hands-washed, cool, we're not a part of what he did, we had nothing to do with what he did, and we don't. Yep. We should be able to do the same thing exactly.
1: with Indigenous culture, we yep. should be able to do exactly the same thing. Yep. Um, but if that man had been an Indigenous man, or a man of colour, mm. Um, it wouldn't it wouldn't have been
0: no I mean look at the way like we that. we decided to look at um, the situation with Iraqi forces or um, you know even with terrorism for example when mm-hmm. we found out that this terrorist attack was actually laid out by an Australian man mm. like we like I'm pretty sure it was white Australian too yep. we were like oh no he, then it can't be terrorism it mm-hmm. can't be terrorism and it's like mm-hmm. no no yeah you can be any culture to be a part of yes any form of ISIS or any of those exactly. kinds of terrorist movements. Yep. It can be any
1: culture. You or can that just ju- pilot who flew the plane into the Alps, mm. they described him as being stressed, highly strung, stressed, uh, yep. had a breakdown, mental breakdown. Mm-hmm. It was a terrorist act. Just call, him a t- just call it what it is. Yeah,
0: correct. And that's, that's one of the sad things there, I guess, is, um, you know, when you... Next time, I guess, you're thinking of using that... I guess way of communicating with an Indigenous person. We said sorry, get over it. I want you to think about those kinds of issues that are getting around today. Mm-hmm. Um, another one. It wasn't our generation.
1: Mm, it's a big one. Yeah, I didn't do it. Yeah, but do it wasn't I? me. Yes. So why do
0: I have to? Yes. Yeah. I don't care. I've got plenty of black friends. Yeah.
1: I actually wrote a little note on that because I heard Ernie Dingo talk about Reconciliation Week and he said he prefers to refer to Reconciliation Week as I reckon Australia's Silly Week. Which <laughs> <laughs> I thought was a I wee bit him. clever. Because <laughs> yeah. um, he spoke about, you know, like it's this united front and we want to sing from the rooftop our Aussie pride and on Australia Day bring out our flags and wave them and that is fine but you need to encompass everything that Aussie pride entails. And we pride ourselves on mateship, respect, honesty, loyalty. Mm. So if those are our fundamentals, then we're forgetting the fundamental of the fundamental, Mm. which is understanding Aboriginal culture, regardless of your age, regardless whether you were directly involved with uh, the genocide that took place. Because this is a different form of genocide we're faced with today, and that is the ignorance. That too can be... Um, described as being culturally inappropriate as part of genocide.
0: Here's a funny little fun fact for you uh, if you're watching this or listening to this now. Um, the So you know how in every country there's kind of like a, a well-known stigma or culture about that country that mm. everyone sort of mm-hmm. resides to. For example, in Germany they're sticklers, they're very intense people, they've got their way, you do it their way and that's it. Yep. Um, when you go to the UK it's all about, you know, getting on the booze with your lads or like, you know, camaraderie and, uh, you know, the stiff upper lip and all that kind of thing. And then um, you go to Paris and it's all about love and romance and there's all these sort of stigmas. Um, In America, it's all about pride and, you know, patriarchy and all that sort of stuff. And then you come to Australia and there's this kind of laid back, she'll be right attitude. Mm. A lot of people don't realise that that actually comes from our Indigenous culture. Mm -hmm the laid-back, she'll be right attitude yes. actually comes from the nomadic kind of style mm-hmm. of living mm-hmm. that is Indigenous culture and we yep. don't even know that yes. about ourselves. Yes, Good
1: call. Thank you. Very good call. <laughs> it's actually something called uh, dididi which comes from Northern Territory and I think it's, and I hope I don't mispronounce this, but the uh, Nangukuranga people in the Northern mm-hmm. Territory and it means learning through listening. Um, and learning to wait and not to hurry things up and to follow the seasons and Jada Mother Earth will put you in good stead Mm. and that's I think where that original there's no need to hurry everything will fall into place if you're doing the right thing um, then you'll be looked after appropriately and properly and we do we still do have that kind of flowy laid-back attitude it'll work out everything happens for a reason kind of
0: It's almost like if that person wants to stress about it, that's okay.
1: Yeah. They can go stress about it. They'll work it out
0: later. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be here when they've sorted their shit out.
1: Yes. Or, and even on the Gold Coast Heather, people come to Jellicoe and walk around the mountain and Mm. everybody's connected. Everybody feels that feeling. Mm. And that's not a coincidence. It's because this is a spiritual place, you know, this was a meeting place, pre-contact.
0: Actually, do you want to tell the story of Burley? Like the actual... Dreamtime story? Yes, can you? Yes,
1: I can. So, Burley, well, the one thing about the Gold Coast is that it remains the same today as the way it was all of those years ago, and that is it was a meeting place. People came to the Gold Coast pre-contact because it was just as beautiful then, obviously probably a bit more beautiful with Mm. less pollution and traffic and the (laughs) rest of it, uh, as it, you know, as it is today. So, right where Burley Mountain is, there was a Dreamtime giant named Jabreen who lived there. Now, Jabreen was so tall that when he stood up, his head touched the clouds. So one day, Dabreen decided he was hungry, so he walked out to the hinterland and with a couple of steps he was all the way out there, where he feasted on sugar. So after his swim, he walked back to the Burley Headland and uh, decided to go for a swim. Once again, with his height and might, only a couple of strokes, and he was all the way out to the horizon and back. Mm -hmm. So after his feast, after his swim, he decided to have a nap right where Jelligal, where Burley Headland is today. And as he stretched to the sky, the ground began to follow his fingers, similar to the way that iron follows a magnet. Um, So Jabreen was quite frightened. He realised he was big and powerful, but he didn't realise he had enough magic to transfer it to the geological outlay. So that night when Jabreen went to sleep, the ground continued to grow until it fully encaptured him. And with his last breath of air, he stuck his fingers out the side of the mountain. And they can still be seen there today. However, all of these years later, they're in rocky outcrop form. So if you walk around Jelligal um, on the Gold Coast, you'll see those rocky fingers pointing out to the ocean. I loved our walk actually because you showed them to me and I was like, ah, fingers. Well, we come down here last weekend with the kids and there were were kids standing out on the fingers. So I was like, oh my gosh, shit, he's going to fall. That's insane, I wouldn't do that. Yes, yes. Children are
0: crazy, Mm. they just have no fear. Yeah. Um, The other beautiful thing about the mountain is as you walk through, you showed me the places where um, our indigenous ancestry would have eaten. Mm-hmm. There's like amazing spots where yeah. you can see all this uh, the shells like all the shellfish and things yeah. like that from where they would have brought it in from The ocean. Yep, and it's so far back from the shore that mm. it had to have been an eating place And also the way the land is cleared in those spots. Yeah, and the scary thing is is it's not even like protected It's just sitting mm. there and anyone. Were could... people
1: walking through it when we yeah, did our walk? remember and yeah. I was like What is happening? This yeah. needs to be like a very special. I know. Get of it. I know. <laughs> well, there's two people are in two minds about it. In that, the more signage there is, it will take away the spirituality of the space. True. Uh, and the space precedes the need for signage. That the spirituality will remain yeah. as is. Um, yeah, that's true. However, some people do believe that there needs to be some acknowledgement and signage mm. and understanding of what the space is. Yeah, it's, I, I can see what you're
0: saying, that's a hard one. Mm. It is also beautiful when you get to the top of the mountain, um, you said the way the trees are lined, you can actually tell that it's a very special... Yes. ...spiritual place for women.
1: Yes, absolutely. And you'll see yourself when you do the walk, you can hear the cars, the beach, and then when you get right to the top, it's like a dead silence. Yeah, it goes really quiet. Mm
0: really quiet because it was, um, you said it was also a birthing place.
1: Yeah, well everything in the mountain, uh, so the midden, um, there's lots of bush tucker in there. There's the fish traps just outside in the creek, um, ochre pits. All of that can be archaeologically dated. Uh, However, the stories about the women giving birth up there are just stories that have been passed down. Um, So there's no Mm. archaeological evidence to support that. However, as Aboriginal women, that story's that gets told to us, yeah. um, so that is just as important as the things that have a carbon date, for example, yeah. attached to it.
0: How would I, like for example, growing up um, around Toowoomba, Lely Gatton area, would there be a, a centre like the Jelligal Centre up there where I could go
1: and learn about yeah. my potential history? I'm not entirely sure if there is one. Um, I think we're lucky on the Gold Coast that we have so much. Yeah. So we've got this, we've got uh, Calowan, there's Coralbo, Corungal, Um, Mm. and just over the border, I'm in Museum, so there's lots of places for people people to be able to connect with Mm. here. But I'm not sure about Toowoomba. I'm sure that would be an Aboriginal organisation, definitely. Mm. I might hit someone up and see what I can find out. Whether it's a housing co-op or a health co-op, there'll be somebody you can connect with.
0: Well, speaking of um, housing co-ops and stuff, you and I both grew up in Housing Commission as kids. Um, I guess because we're going to have to wrap up soon. My, I feel like my experience of Housing Commission might have been slightly different to yourself. Like, even though there is, you know, obviously that potential for family members in my, in my genealogy that were Indigenous, because my skin looks to be white, growing up in Housing Commission it was a very different experience for us, I think.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: What was it like being a young Indigenous kid growing up in Housing
1: Commission? Mm. You know, my mum was always and still is a very grateful, positive person. Mm. There's been lots of things happen uh, to our family and within our family over the years that would be enough to break anybody, Uh, however it didn't hurt. So the fact that she was offered housing at that rate meant that she could stay there regardless of where my dad went uh, and she could raise us kids. Mm. So as a single mum, she got me all around Australia twice with my sport. Um, through hard work, fundraisers and whatever it took. So we were never really exposed to the bad side of things in relation to that. However, mum does tell a story about what it was like for her growing up. Mm -hmm. So she went to a school on the Gold Coast, I probably shouldn't name it. Mm -hmm. um, And um, mum's probably similar colour to me, of paler orientation, but her cousins are black as the ace of spades. And they all went to this school together. And they all had the same last name, Santo. And so when it was my mum's turn to go to school, the principal said to her, are you a C, like the black ones, or are the new uh, white breeds of Santos nicer? On her first day of high school. So that's what it was like for my mum growing up on the Gold Coast, identifying with her culture. Um, For me, however, much different. Much different. You know, there was not... I think because we were raised so proud and so happy that if anything was ever said, it kind of went over my head. Mm. Me, personally, individually anyway. Yeah. I remember at my athletics carnival over the loudspeaker because I'd become screaming down the 100-meter track and the announcer yelled out, here comes the little Aboriginal girl, Billy Edwards. <laughs> and I was like, yes, <laughs> that's me. And I remember one of my teachers coming up to me after and saying, oh, he shouldn't have said that. That might, that may have been embarrassing for you. And she said that with good intent, but, you know, I was like, oh, my God, love it. (laughs) You know, it didn't... Didn't bother you. No, not at all. Yeah. Whereas with mum it was different because obviously racism was much thicker and harder to escape then and more acceptable for a school principal to ask if you're a... I mean, wow. (laughs) Mm. Just wow is all I can Mm. say to that. But at the same time, it's kind of
0: reassuring to hear that, like, through the generations it has gotten better. Mm -hmm. That's really nice to hear. Yes. Because and then I see now with my gone. kids
1: at school, I stand up on their assembly and do acknowledgements and information sessions. And mm. so every generation, it's definitely- it's slowly getting better. Yeah,
0: That's really reassuring and yeah. exciting. Which is how we're even able to do these in the first place. Exactly. Um, yeah, I guess my experience of housing commission was just white trash.
1: Mm. <laughs> right, right. It was
0: just like, yeah. next level, like, Drug use and swearing, and you know, adult abuse, and mm-hmm. just you name it. We pretty much experienced it. Like we had. were in a
1: high density area too, yeah. weren't you? That's yeah, we were
0: Eagleby. Yeah, we were like Logan area. Yeah. Um, we had a neighbour at one point who, I'm pretty sure he was dealing drugs of some description. Yeah. Um, but there was a night where I was sleeping in the front room, and all of a sudden there was this massive bang and our glass windows shook, but Ooh. they were shitty glass, so I'm not surprised. Mm. Um, and all of a sudden, everything just felt really hot. Right. And we ran outside because we thought the house was on fire. And when we ran out, we realised that the car in the front yard had exploded and there were just bits of car everywhere. It was in the tree, it was Jeez. in the front yard, part of the fence had blown over from it. So obviously some...
1: So these are the stories growing up in Housing Commission. Yeah, these are the house stories. So yeah, no, we had a lot of those too. A lot of young deaths and yeah. drug overdoses. And oh yeah, they were really suicides well. and yeah.
0: yeah. It's just um I guess it's one of those things where the reason I wanted to bring up the housing commission side of things is because um, I feel like there's this shitty racist comment of, oh, you know, indigenous kids growing up in housing commission, they're just ratbags, bags, they're always trying to cause trouble. Oh, yeah you know, um, they start out in Housing Commission because they don't give a shit and they just want to... Well, look at you and doll. our sister
1: girl, Housing Commission right. and look at where we are today. So exactly. clearly there's no...
0: There's no polarity, there's no difference. Like yeah. we, you know, we both, we both came from the same background and we've both had to work our asses off to get through it. So the only difference is the racism from the perspective of the outside. Exactly. So if you can find a way to change your perspective on how Indigenous kids are raised in Housing Commission, mm-hmm and how white kids are raised in housing commission, you'll see that there's actually no difference. Yep, it's exactly. the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I guess the other thing I want to point out is, uh, you know, seeing as we're going down the route of talking about like the positive stuff that's been going on, some of the amazing things that are going on in Queensland is Screen Queensland has amazing initiatives to try and help get Indigenous people into the workforce. Dreamworld is doing the same thing. Yes. They've got an amazing thing happening there as well. Obviously, yep. Jellicle Centre is doing lots of stuff to try and help integrate the culture back into our next generation by teaching kids about it and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, There's kind of this really horrible, oh, apply to the government as being Indigenous and you get a handout and everything else. And I feel like I want to answer this one before I throw it to you. But, um, you know, people feel like there's this handout given to Indigenous people that isn't given to white culture. So you should just get over it and be happy with what's sort of happening and all that sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. And I would like to point out that in my time living here on the Gold Coast again, because I left for 12 years, in my two and a half to three years being back here, I can honestly say it was a rarity to see an indigenous person in any of my workforces. Mm, there you go. I saw multiculturalism everywhere. Yep. I saw Japanese people, Chinese people, Korean people. I saw Americans, I saw British, I saw a number of, um, Iranians, I saw, Geez, I saw uh, Indian people. Um, I have never once had an Uber driver be Indigenous, ever. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I worked with any Indigenous people at the radio station, but I can't remember. Yep. I don't think I did. Yeah. Um, the only time I worked or really knew anything about Indigenous people was when we did the phone of that day on Australia Day and mm-hmm. you and I met. Yep. And then I found the Indigenous people. So my question to you is this, where the hell are all our Indigenous people? (laughs) On the Gold Coast? Yeah, Yeah. where are you? Well,
1: well, we are a very segregated, but um, whole inclusive community. And I say that because we um, are all at opposite ends and scattered in our individual family groups. Mm. We certainly come together to celebrate important weeks like um, Reconciliation Week. There was a big event that was held here this morning. Yeah, And events are happening all around the Gold Coast all of the time. And the thing about Aboriginal families is that we're usually a big mob. Like in my family, I think there's about 50 cousins. Wow. And I'd say 47 of them are boys. So females are in short supply in my family. Um, <laughs> so we have our big family group gatherings as well. And it's similar to what it was pre contact. You know, there's so many areas of the Gold Coast that can be utilised beach, hinterland. North, south or, or whatever, wherever it may be. And that's kind of where we continue to reside today. My family grew up in Southport 100 years ago and we're still all in that area today. Mm. Um, and because, you know, the, I think the rate of people coming into the Gold Coast is so massive. Yeah, It's one of the biggest tourism meccas in the Southern Hemisphere as well that, you know, it's probably hard to identify and establish mm. and really gain a platform when that's continually happening in this busy little city. Yeah, that's true. Yeah.
0: So do you think that these incentives then that have been created by some of these mass organisations are helping to integrate more Indigenous people into our workforce? Because, yeah. I mean, I, I venture to ask you now, the workplace that you're working here on the Gold Coast or anywhere in Australia, mm-hmm. look around the room. Look mm-hmm. around the room right now.
1: And ask if there's a policy as well, because I know mm-hmm. that big corporations are bound by are closing the gap incentives so mm. if you're working for a mining company for example they uh they have to adhere to those policies around employment rates mm. um they have to ensure that there's a percentage of indigenous people being employed and trained in that area um, but i do know like as you mentioned dreamworld's doing a really good job i think karam wildlife sanctuary do a really good job as well yeah which is amazing because you're yeah. getting
0: back to the earth and actually working with the yes, animals which is yes
1: <laughs> After all, what
0: you really want as an Indigenous person. Also, I would like to throw out there, if you are finding in any way that, you know, you know, if you, I don't know, I guess if you've been raised to believe or see yourself as white culture or whatever, it's actually interesting. If you're born in Australia, regardless of your skin colour, if you're born here, Mm. you are now Indigenous as well, Mm -hmm. right?
1: Well, I think that you then are a custodian, if you like, of the stories. So I think that if you're born here um, and that goes, that can be applied to anybody that by default, you know, you're a change agent if you like. Mm. Um, you're a change agent in the way that you learn the stories and retell the stories. So mm. anybody can go out onto country and connect. It's not an Aboriginal thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, anybody can learn a Dreamtime story and retell that Dreamtime story. As long as you're acknowledging the people and where you've got your information from, yeah. Then that's how we spread that positive message. Um, and Aboriginal people say, Our culture is your culture. So everybody, we never owned the land. That's why we never took ownership of it. That's why there was no civil wars here pre contact. Mm. Uh, you know, there was no disease. There was none of these horrible things that we see all around the world today. And that's because we shared a kinship with the land and mm. certainly no ownership over it. Um, so, yeah, so when it comes to our culture, we believe it's everybody's culture to share in and it's everybody's job. Reconciliation is everybody's business. Yeah. Uh, and also prever- preserving this land, it's everybody's yep. business.
0: I think we may have to do another episode together at some point later this year to really go into detail about more information on what happened with First Settlement and with the First Fleet. Yep. Because I don't know, I feel like maybe we could do a special edition for Australia Day next Ooh, year. Oh, Let's do it. Yeah, because we didn't really get time to sort of cover off on that topic. Yep. And you and I are very passionate mm. about Australia it's Day. It's a tough time, Australia Day. It is, Day, it is. The,
1: Oh, and I don't want to, yeah, I, I want to choose my words wisely. Um, the people with strong opinions about the date change, mm. uh, who are opposed to a date change, come out in force. Yeah, around that time of year.
0: Yeah. And there's, yeah, sometimes the message can get really mixed into other topics that have nothing to do with the day. You've got to rise above it. Yeah, it's it's a really hard one and um, I would really love to be able to share because the day that you and I spoke two years ago and you told me your thoughts on Australia Day. Yeah. Oh, man, you opened me up to a whole new perspective that I just hadn't even thought of that just made me really sad.
1: Well, from my perspective, when I do share that information with people and it's heard and it has a positive impact that's mm. all i can ask for as an aboriginal woman so mm. i know you're grateful for the information i shared but i'm equally grateful that the information was received
0: yeah, yeah definitely um do you feel like there's anything else that we need to cover off on today i'm trying to think of anything else that we could have possibly could talk all over. day oh my gosh, i know right <laughs> and there's still and that's the thing like there's so much information to go over to try and help bring the two cultures together yeah and I really feel like you know there's this misconception that Indigenous people don't want to um, bring white culture into their space. No, it's actually the other way around. Yes, yes, it's like you guys are waiting there with open arms going, hey, let's hug this shit out. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) And and I just, it's probably because there was so much advertising and so much media drummed into our heads that, you know, this us and them kind of perspective that made us, Made you know white culture go oh well they don't want us around mm. they don't want us to learn so fuck them we won't even get involved oh, then absolutely I think it, was, was, it was around the time
1: of Lang Hancock as well and when mining become a really big mm. uh, priority for Australians and economic interests grew um, yeah. that the divide really started to take shape and you know you had people in places of power all over our television screens saying. Um, You know, I don't mind if those full-blood Aborigines get a handout, but it's those half-castes, you know, they're nearly white. They're as white as you and me and that's not fair. And what we know now is it's not about the colour of your skin. And I think this is the point you were trying to make before. It's your connection to the country. Yeah. And if you're connected to your country, then there's no time for hate, racism, misinformed information. Um, Then that's really the fundamental of
0: who we are it's funny actually that you that you say that because it's um you just reminded me about mentioning like there was a long time there where i felt really alone and really lost because i wasn't connected to our culture here as an australian Mm -hmm. i don't know nation like i just I felt like this whole like Australian pride thing wasn't enough for me. I was like, yeah, "Yeah, cool. There's a flag and a song that I really don't seem to connect to. That fucking anthem, man, it sucks.
1: (laughs) And it's like, (laughs) it just (laughs)
0: did so shit.
1: (laughs) We surely can do better, can't we?
0: Well, do you know there was actually a vote on what we were going to choose and that's what we voted for?
1: Shoot me in the face, fucking terrible. Not literally, don't actually do that. We could do something that reflects us as a country
0: yeah, yeah just so much better mm. like even waltzing Matilda oh, is I, better. I, I'd definitely rather Mate, that come on yeah bring it out Let's give me a it. fucking swag and call it a day <laughs> um look as we said we could uh, literally continue to speak all day on this topic uh and if you are going to go back and listen enjoy the moment where we can't remember what year it was that we <laughs> arrived
1: wasn't so, our finest you know. moment
0: <laughs> little bit of street cred gone there <laughs> never mind shit happens um, as you know this is the one together podcast if you'd like more information on what we have actually discussed here today or you want to contact billy you can actually do that so her email address is billy musk com. so that's bi double um, her facebook is billy musk indigenous consultancy so if you have any questions about some of the topics that we talked about today or we didn't elaborate enough on something or maybe there was a question that I didn't ask Billy, you can always head to her Facebook page and maybe get in contact Absolutely. with her that way. Yeah, You're a very informative human being. Happy She's deal. also on Instagram, Billy Musk, B-I-L-L-I-E. And in case, M-U-S-K. I mean, it's straightforward. <laughs> um, if right. you would like to book Billy for any talks with uh, your schools or anything like that, her contact number is 0421 973 528. We will share all of that as well. A massive thank you to the Jelligal Centre here on the Gold Coast. If you'd like to get in contact with them, it's info at jelligal.com.au. That is spelled J-E-L-L-U-R-G-A-L. Or they're also on Instagram, which is just at J-E-L-L-U-R-G-A-L, Jelligal. That's it. Um, And as always, you can reach out to us because we always want to hear from you. So we'll share all of this on my Facebook page, which will be Heather Maltman and on Instagram, Heather underscore Maltman. I put an underscore in there because I just felt really like yeah. flamboyant that day. Mm, like, mm. Oh fuck
1: it. that's something a bit It's like extra. a space, but it's not really there. <laughs> I'm
0: going to stop doing that it's now. It's deadly.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's deadly. Thank you. Oh, I'm
0: such a, such a badass semi-Indigenous woman. Um, you can also shoot us an email, podcast at gmail.com and... Yeah, I just I really hope that we did justice today for me Reconciliation too. Week. Yes,
1: me too. In the last and for all of the Well obviously you can't speak for all Aboriginal people and that's the one thing and disclaimer if you like that I do say. But my goal and my purpose of my journey is to raise awareness mm. and to bring pride to my people.
0: Yeah. And I hope that I can add to that in you some way. certainly as well. do. I really hope I
1: can. Oh, this yeah. platform it's fantastic.
0: Um, before I sign out, I'd also like to point out um, some of you may be thinking, just get the blood test, and that way you can find out. Not enough Indigenous people have done a blood test in order to find out their genealogy, so it actually doesn't necessarily work. Mm. Some people can be black as spades to go in and, and get still the blood test. Show up. Yeah, it doesn't show up. So yeah it uh it's not really conclusive just in case you were wondering if that was a way to to however link up is an
1: organization yes Um, link up is amazing yes yes Yes.
0: i have uh hit those guys up they've been very helpful They're awesome um as always this is the one together podcast reminding you that one is in fact not the loneliest number i'm heather maltman I'm fucking awesome, Billy's fucking awesome, and you're fucking awesome. So we didn't get enough F words in, so I thought I'd chuck them all I don't out think there
1: I down. said one. Oh damn it. Next time.
0: <laughs> so I've got the potty mouth. <laughs> Son of a bitch. <laughs>